so welcome back to another packs <laughs> welcome to another episode. welcome to another episode of growing pains my name is Anne, and uh, it's been a hell of a two weeks i've really been trying to be consistent with uploading episodes but i've just been really busy and i think now is just a good time to reflect on what had happened within the past two weeks and just to sit down and have a discussion with you, not my followers, not my supporters, just you through the phone, wherever you are, whoever you are. So my week has been phenomenal and very stressful at the same time. It's rather interesting because I'm training people in my job right now and it's an ex- it's an experience within its own because I realize that there's just uh, uh, several miscommunications between newcomers and as a person who has been working there for three months and honestly I really wasn't expecting three months into my employment I would already be trained on an entirely new skill as well as training people to essentially do what I do in the lab which is a lot um so yeah, that's uh, it was very interesting to see their approaches to what I teach them every single day. Uh, Friday was dump day, of course, and I think it was really interesting because we had a really interesting bonding moment with the three of us and we started talking about family and family lives and it turns out one of the people that I'm training with is a lot younger or a lot older slash younger than I thought they would be and they have kids of their own and honestly like I just I I I thought this kid was like 25 years old uh with like just looking on antidepressants really Uh, (laughs) and they thought that I was way older because since they're older people, they're just like, oh, they're just gonna have like an older person teach us, but and they were really surprised to find out that I was 23, someone who was like four, three years younger than them, uh, teaching them about how to run a lab. Um, and it was really, it was really funny too, because one of them, we were, it was on the topic of fathers and. Uh, <laughs> one of the uh, the people were very open to their family lives. They were just like, yeah, so like, I grew up with two dads because my mom was divorced twice and somehow I ended up having no dad. And it's just like, God damn, God damn. That really hit it where it hurts. <laughs> uh, what else has been going on with my life? I've been getting more fruits from Trader Joe's. Uh, my diet has not necessarily been great, but it's not in the shitter. I have been really trying to push myself to eat throughout the day, but I think that I just find joy out of buying groceries for myself, out of the possibility that I would make new recipes, not actually eating it, which is a problem because... I get really starved and then I crave unhealthy foods probably because I'm lacking some sort of nutrient uh, in my diet and then I just cave and get canes for like two days in a row and then that makes my skin unhappy and then it's just a cycle within its own. And I've also been trying to get myself to go to the gym regularly, which has been a success. Uh, I've been working on my legs because I want to get my peachy little butt back to the beach. Um, so been training for that and 
I've also been apartment touring, which has been really interesting. Um, I do have three very strong candidates for apartments, but one of them actually looks like something that like a very depressed professor would live in. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a sunflower. I need to have the sun on my face every single day. Like if I were to have a house made out of glass, I really would because I just need sunlight in my house. And that house literally had no sunlight, but it was the most affordable out of all of them. The problem is, is that it has a one star rating on Yelp uh, with many, so many complaints on utility bills and facilities. Sorry, I'm like, I see this shadow, and I don't know where it's, oh, it's my foot, okay, <laughs> sorry, oh my god, that's so funny, I like, I froze, because I thought I saw something, and then it turns out the shadow is my foot, because I have my fairy lights on, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the apartments. I think that's one of like the my last options. The more possible options are more in like a more expensive range than what I have to pay here at my apartment that I currently live at, which is fair because I do live in student housing and I do live with someone else. So that's why the cost of housing is a lot cheaper opposed to like living by myself. But I do live in Tucson, so a one-by-one one bedroom with the in-unit washer and dryer is, you know, it, 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 the pricing is not bad at all compared to like living in California, for example. Uh, so I think I'm just going to put in my application in this week for uh, one of the apartments and then going to settle that and then start moving my shit. Um, I've been craving acai bowls as of lately. There's this place called Berry Greens here in Tucson, and I really, really want to go there and get their pitaya bowl, just because the granola that they have there is just so tasty, and I like my acai bowls kind of like tart. Um, I don't really like blueberries or blackberries in it, like the, um, like the stereotypical acai bowl that's like a purplish kind of color. Um, I like mine like bright, bright, bright pink with like kiwis, bananas, strawberries, and granola in it, and they drizzle over some honey, and it's just, ah, uh, chef's kiss. Um, I haven't gotten around to actually going there because whenever I crave it, it's in the middle of the afternoon, and I don't know if you know this about Arizona, but it is 111 degrees here. I just drove home and it was 100 degrees outside, so we are definitely going right straight right into summer um and no spring <laughs> uh which makes me honestly just want to drive to san diego even more just to like cool off on the west coast but kenny won't allow me to do that until i secure an apartment and that is a hundred percent fair because he's looking for out he's looking out for my well-being and i feel that if i do go there i'll just be counting down the days until i actually get to san diego instead of doing whatever i need to do so honestly i appreciate him i really do i appreciate like his thoughts um yeah. Uh, this week alone, I've been catching up with a lot of friends, which feels so good. Uh, two of the people I haven't talked to in like years 
the last time I spoke with a friend was like back in 2019 and then another friend I last saw them last month and another friend I haven't seen them for like three years so honestly it was very very refreshing to see them see how they've grown as people what's been going on with their life um so the first friend is Adele and honestly I have like the fattest like fattest by crush on her honest to god like she's gorgeous um and i got to catch up with her our conversation was very interesting because it focused a lot around trauma and how to process it and spirituality she said something that was very very mind-opening for me and she taught me the definition of forgiveness maybe i'll make an episode on forgiveness alone and then tie that in with karma but there's karma and forgiveness are two different things that i need to be aware of like yes they are interchangeable well not interchangeable no like they they can't exist without the other but the way she said it was that you have to forgive what people have done to you and i'm just like um no i don't know if you know me but i am the queen of grudges ain't no fucking way you're gonna steal hundreds of dollars from me and then tell me to my face that i did not know my stepdad all that well so i shouldn't be that sad and expect me to forgive you um and she's like no 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 no. like that's <laughs> that's not what i meant like you have to forgive within yourself like maybe you won't you don't have to like forgive what they did to you and say that's fine like i forgive you but the art of forgiving is essentially letting go with love and i was just like adele like these words i understand them individually but when you put them in a sentence together it it doesn't ring a bell and she essentially told me the very well-known phrase of forgiving Refusing to forgive someone is like drinking a poison and expecting the other person to die. And what she meant by that was that when you are holding on to so much trauma based on what people have done to you and holding on to that bitterness and that grudge, you're killing yourself on the inside and you're always constantly stressed about how dare they did this to me and how dare you had the gall to even think that this was okay um and it's very tiring it's wasting and draining your energy that you could be using to help yourself grow to put it into something else something that is useful instead of being bitter about what had happened in the past like just because you're bitter now isn't going to change what had happened in the past you could be bitter about it you could be sad about it you could feel all types of ways about it but the fact that you're still pondering on why did they do this to me and honestly i hope they have a horrible life like it's not helping you and it's definitely not helping them because people can be cruel and that is just the nature of the world that there could be assholes in the world and no matter how much you are fuming on the inside they're gonna go live their lives people don't care well bad people anyway they don't care so why are you wasting your energy on something that most likely isn't going to change so letting so forgiveness is letting go saying that this has happened to you i'm going to process it and it's okay because i'm well i'm alive and i have friends that love me i have family that love me and i will it'll just be a learning lesson for the next time and when she put it that way it made a lot more sense with the addition of reaching inside your inner child to process these frustrations because what would nine-year-old Anne do when she meets an asshole like you don't have i don't want to say the 
intellectual ability, but as a nine-year-old, you wouldn't plan revenge on, like, you know, a teacher who, like, puts you in timeout because, like, you bit a kid or whatever. <laughs> like, or you wouldn't, um, you know, plan revenge and really put in a lot of effort to making the person regret what they did to you because they didn't let you be the mermaid with the water powers when you when y'all were playing mermaids like the only thing you would do being like you jerk or like stupid head or you know whatever like that's just reaching into your inner child and then the next day it doesn't it never happened not like it never happened but you let it go so when she said reach into your inner child, it, it's a st- it's still very fuzzy for me to understand, but I definitely understand where she's coming from now because of the explanation that she has said. And that honestly is very, very helpful and it definitely helps me understand it when Kenny says you have to let it go because he also gives me the same advice. I just don't exactly understand where he's coming from. Uh, either it's just a miscommunication between the way he explains it and the way I understand it or it's just a misunderstanding between his intent and my reception of it. Um, so that was that. And then I met up with another friend last night. Uh, her lovely name is Isha. And we go all the way back to high school. And I updated her on what happened within the two years. And it was just, honestly, it was very, very beautiful. I can't say how much like I can't describe how much I appreciate her as a person just based on the things that she asks me the thing that she contributes to the conversation the way she reacts to my stories like I she's just a very beautiful soul um and I really hope that we're in for the long run in terms of our friendship and then I'm really excited to tell you this. Um, so I just got back from a dinner at Olive Garden with um, a friend and her beautiful name is Karen, uh, which is really funny because the last time we met, we went to Illegal Pete's for dinner and of course like they were preparing her tacos or bowl or whatever and they're just like oh yeah what's your name so we can put a name into the order and she said Karen and the guy just looks her up and down and be like you don't look like a Karen. <laughs> And okay, so if you guys ever go to Olive Garden, you guys need to try the watermelon Moscato Sangria. It literally tastes like a Jolly Rancher and has a very low alcohol content. Because I was driving and because I wanted to be safe, I wanted something that was like very low in alcohol. Um, And yes, no, I did not drive home straight afterwards. You know, if I was buzzed in the car, I waited until I completely sobered up and then I drove home. So I'm driving uh, responsibly. I was about to say irresponsibly. And I'm just like, no, I'm not driving irresponsibly. And we actually had a really enlightening conversation. So I caught her up in what had happened within the past month of my life. And I think I want to dabble into the spirituality of Christianity again. She had given me a book. And I haven't read it yet, but... It is essentially falling in love with God again and understanding God. And the name is The Good and Beautiful God Falling in Love with the God Jesus Knows by James Bryan Smith. Um, And I will give this book a go. I actually wanted to go back into reading. um, And I think this is definitely a good start to 
uh, read a self-help book uh, because I don't know like whenever I talk to Karen it always goes into a conversation about Christianity within the past conversations that we had one way or another and I don't know why I don't know if it's like God calling my name or God saying or recognizing hey like you're at the point in your life where you're ready to see me in my form like you're ready to accept me in your heart or I'll always be here when you're ready to accept me or I don't know like he I just feel like he's calling my name and I wanted to give it a go because when I was practicing Christianity when I was in ninth grade I didn't particularly understand God as God. I didn't understand how Jesus worked. I would pray that relationships would work out, that I would get good grades on my tests, and that's not necessarily how prayers work at all. (laughs) And I don't want to say I gave up, but I was definitely discouraged when I didn't get the results that I had prayed for because of how I was educated on Christianity and the church that I went to and the youth group that I went to certainly did not help me understand Jesus Christ or God as this all-loving father. Um, It was more of a you have to worship him, he's this all-great being, otherwise you'll like burn in hell basically which I don't particularly agree with and I know I don't really have like that much of a right to say what Christianity is or isn't and it's based off of the interpretation of a very very ancient text that may or may not have been mistranslated over the years uh, because that's why there's like different branches of Christianity because people interpret the Bibles in different ways, but that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, but I do feel that Karen's church is definitely something that I feel comfortable and safe in. And I think that was just a moving point for me to be encouraged back into studying Christianity and I never thought that would actually be at this point where I'm just like I'm gonna dabble into Christianity again (laughs) because there are some things that I disagree with um and there are things that I'm kind of iffy with um but you know I think this is a good starter for me just to understand who God is as a person and what he does how prayers work how Christianity works how worship works and just understanding his love which I never thought that I would actually be saying these words but you know here we are (laughs) so oh we're at 20 minutes okay (laughs) oh my god I've been like you know trying to chat up with you guys for so long I forgot that I had a podcast episode so without further ado let it get on with the podcast episode but before we do this is going to be a doozy and this is going to be something that mm, some of you may or may not be uncomfortable with because we are going to be talking about the truth of social media and how we behave in social media and the dynamics of social media that makes it work for us as a society that makes us hypnotized to it. So before we start on that, let me get a gulp of water. I, you're probably going to hear it, but I don't really care.
nothing like cold refreshing water in my dry ass throat (laughs) so okay social media so as i said before today we're going to be talking about social media and people have very very different feelings of social media you love it you hate it i don't know I'm like, what do you think? Do you you love it or hate it? I personally really like it. Uh, When it was back in 2016, 2015, I would say, there was a certain aesthetic about social media back then that was very vibrant. But now it has become very commercialized where you can't even scroll on Instagram for like five posts before you see a sponsorship from this like sketchy ass company that just sells laxatives and disguises that into a smoothie. I actually wanted, no, not wanted, but like I actually got DMs from like Fit Tea or something like that uh, for them to sell their shakers and smoothies. And I'm just like, girl, like they're just laxatives. You're just gonna like shit a ton and then you're gonna be dehydrated and that's just gonna stretch your skin out and then that's gonna give you that quote unquote skinny look. And can't say that I agree with that. As a physiology major, like that would literally be lying to people and like just showing that it contradicts my entire studies of four and a half years. Anyways, some people hate it. Some people don't get an account on social media. I know certain people who have never started an account on Instagram just because they know that if they start an account, they will instantly get body dysmorphia. And I totally understand it because I was scrolling on my Tumblr yesterday actually and I saw the things that I saved as a 15 year old and honestly I could not wait to grow up as a 15 year old I would save pictures of girls in France and Italy in you know little cute little streets in their little dresses with cobblestone roads and although it's a very romanticized scenery of Italy and France and uh Europe, basically, Uh, I could definitely also see the pictures that could have been the root of my body dysmorphia, where I would see skinny girls with their bleached hair and surf waves, or sorry, beach waves, and with their little cardigans and crop tops, and all of them would have ab lines, and I remember being in my room, I think in like eighth grade or something, I'd steal my mom's yoga mat and do ab workouts like in eighth grade like you still have baby fat in you um and it's just uh, i don't know i don't know how i feel about social media it it's toxic it has its toxicity of its own but personally i like it because it's a way to express myself and i've learned to love myself where i can embrace my confidence and post whatever i want on instagram without needing the validation of hundreds of people to tell me that I'm pretty. So it requires a special type of navigation. If you want to successfully go through social media without developing body dysmorphia or really bad habits such as the romanticization romanticization of vaping or juuling or excessive alcohol consumption or taking drugs, for example, I don't know, like it, it does require like a special type of navigation like if you like at this point like i'm tempted to say you have to follow like 50 dog and cat accounts to have like a good type of mental health 
on social media. Like, I don't think you can interact with anyone on social media without it being either A, superficial, or B, uh, trying to get validation from someone because, like, that's just who you're surrounding yourself with, and that's just basically what social media is today. So, what... We're taking Instagram just because I think Instagram is a very prominent uh, phone app that relates or is the, or that can be said in this podcast episode. Because if I say like LinkedIn or like Skype, like obviously you can't really do that. But I'm the, the, like the podcast name is like Growing Pains, so you have to like go through the pains of social media to actually grow as a person and like you know realize. Uh, the problems that you have with social media and just recognizing those as problems instead of problems that you have. For example, it's the beauty standard that the Kardashians have put on social media that everyone's jumping on that makes you feel like ugly if you don't follow that. But as we have seen with the latest episode that was aired, um, Kylie does not even look like Kylie and that is in no way shape or form me bashing Kylie Jenner I bet she's beautiful on the outside and on the inside but when you do not look like your own Instagram photos and lie to your audience about plastic surgery when no amount of exercise and dieting can get you the body that you have I don't know sounds really fishy Uh, so what is Instagram? So we know that it's a phone app, but it's much, 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 much deeper than that. Uh, you can basically create your own type of personality on Instagram. I'm definitely not the same person who I am on Instagram. Now, I'm not saying that I facetune my body on there to the point where if you look at me in person, you'll see a completely different person versus what you see on Instagram. But on Instagram, I I mean, like, I'd be lying if I didn't say I stalk my own self on Instagram. And let's be honest, all of us do, okay? All of us stalk our own Instagrams to see what it's like if someone... Uh, stumbled upon like we all stalk ourselves to see what our instagram would look like to other people sorry i just received like two texts from two different people so now i'm like kind of like distracted but on my own instagram i see myself as a person who like goes out to photo shoots a lot you know someone who's like very social someone who's very outgoing and like love to go to bars and uh very confident and although all of that is true my own personal life, I spend a lot of time alone. Uh, I spend a lot of time with myself and that certainly does contradict the vibe that my Instagram gives off of. Like if you want to look rich, you could if you wanted to, if you want your platform to grow. And what is it? I'm sorry, I have like this little note card and I did not read it before starting this podcast because I was just so excited. Um, So it says photo shoots. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So that's what uh, Instagram is to me. Just like an app of like self-expression, but I'm definitely not the same person that I am on Instagram. Now, if you date Instagram back to like when it first came out in like 2013, 2011, I don't know, whenever it like came out, 
do you guys remember like the xx pro filter or like the lo-fi filter or like the amaro filter everyone was posting whatever they wanted on instagram like their cup of coffee and then there were memes coming out of food bloggers and then like people posted whatever they want on instagram it would just be like their house or like a selfie but now People are driving out to garages, setting up a tripod, getting whole ass photo shoots just to post an Instagram pic, opposed to taking a picture of your coffee. People are literally going to LA and going to like the Gucci restaurant and willing to pay like what, $300, $400 for like a joke of a gnocchi meal just to say and take a picture of the Gucci restaurant like what people would do for the gram is insane and I'm guilty to all of that my friend when I used to do photo shoots with my friend he had this like $500 camera and to me that's expensive I know there's like cameras out there that are like over a thousand dollars but to me when you are using a $500 camera to take pictures of your friend on a rooftop just to like have good quality pictures that is insane compared to how people approached Instagram like it back in 2013 and even for Tumblr as well like people were taking their like Nikon Nikon like their EOS cameras and taking pictures of their silly bands or Bath and Body Work candles which is crazy but like in a good way and oh yes 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 I already went through those points and We're just going to reflect on that just a little bit, um, that the evolution of social media is quite literally killing us because we are setting the bar higher and higher every single time. And every single time we set the bar really high, it's essentially a weed out, like a very, very immature weed out for all the people who can't reach the bar. And if you wanted to be a content creator, you cannot film out of your phone. I know I used to, um, but you can, if you want to start a YouTube channel, you'd probably like need a camera or like a good quality phone to film your videos on. It's definitely not like what YouTube used to be of like how to be a ninja or like how to be a gangster. Remember those like... Uh, Nigahiga, I believe, videos, and those were, ugh, honestly, they were such a, such a precious place in my heart, and it's just so competitive of what social media is today that we can barely keep up, because, like I said before, even the Kardashians can't keep up with the beauty standard that they themselves have put on society. You see videos of Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner and then Kendall Jenner, and they certainly do not look like their Instagram pictures. Now, I know, you know, all of the their fans are probably gonna, gonna come after me and being like, well, you don't look like her, you're ugly, you're not Kylie Jenner, I know that, I know that. But when you are two completely different people, that's definitely a problem that we collectively as a society has made for social media, where it's literally poisoning us now because of the competition that we have put on it. It didn't have to be there. Like We didn't really have to make this a competition, but unfortunately, that's how I personally see it as a competition, where there's hating ass bitches 
that will troll a girl's Instagram because she still uses like the excess pro filter. Um, or maybe that's just the people that I surround myself with. I don't know. So what I specifically want to talk about is that the people on social media are not real. As I said before, I'm definitely not the same person as I portray myself to be on Instagram. I said, I, I am a lot more shy in person than I am on Instagram. Um, and people usually, I wouldn't say usually cause that's mean, but there are some people out there who don't even look like their own Instagram photos, which is like insane because now there's like TikToks coming out of exposing influencers of like they put a song in the background and it would interchange between a photo of them taken in, I guess, like, you know, the paparazzi has taken a photo of them or them taking a photo with a fan versus their Instagram photos, which is insane. So what I'm here to say is that, again, social media people, they're not real. And a lot of people who follow these influencers or these people on Instagram who are not real tend to compare ourselves with those people saying, I don't have that much money. I don't have that type of body. So we pressure ourselves into looking like them because obviously they have a really big platform. Hell, I want my platform to grow. So if I want my platform to grow, I guess I have to look like them when they don't even look like themselves. And obviously as i said before it's a serious issue within today's era the pressure to look like kylie jenner the pressure to achieve kylie jenner's like financial status it's not achievable unless it's through and now i don't want to say this but like through being born in like a rich family or like a ton of inheritance or by the stroke of luck you know, your product is a huge hit for the market. But for people like you and me, I work in a lab. So for me to develop, to, de- to develop a revolutionary makeup product, the chances of that happening is like slim to none, <laughs> which is fair and that's okay. But I still compare to myself to people like Madison Beer and Ariana Grande and uh i don't know like other uh in- influencers or singers or famous people that are known for their beauty and what they do and are praised for it and my question is that if those people don't even look like themselves and i'm not talking about madison beer or Ariana grande i'm just talking about people who portray two different things in real life versus on Instagram because Instagram is literally just there to show off your life for the most part. How can you compare yourself to someone that doesn't even exist? How? Because they don't look like themselves. Hell, they might just go to a car dealership and say that's part of their house. We've seen it all before where like, Some people will go to a photo shoot set and say, oh, I'm on a jet. And then that jet ends up being like a photo shoot set or like a tourist attraction. They're not actually on a jet. It just looks like they're on a jet. So how could you sit there and say, damn, I wish I could fly in a jet. They must have life so lavishly because they could afford to fly by jet 
when they're living in like a studio apartment with like four roommates. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but the reality, their, their Instagram reality and their actual reality are very different and you're comparing yourself to something that they themselves can't even achieve. And I believe that's something that should be spoken about a lot more to lower the bar again that is so impossibly unachievable in today's society. And so those are just for the people who fake a lavish lifestyle, fake a good life, and display two types of realities. Now, people also come to appreciate raw people like Ariana Grande. Now, we all know that Ariana Grande can can afford to fly by jet because she's rich as hell and she lives life very lavishly, very comfortably. Again, not a bad thing. She worked really hard for it and she has sold millions of copies of her songs all over the world. She can afford all the things that you see her in. And people say, well, if Ariana Grande is a very raw and very real person, I still compare myself to that because at least she's raw and she's not faking anything of it. And I still feel bad over the fact that I am not, uh, it's not like not Ariana Grande, but like I, I don't have her cute little nose or like I don't have the body that she has and I think that's really pretty or I don't have her singing voice or I don't have her financial status and I feel bad about it but the thing is is that you're not living in her world and she's not living in your world now I struggled with a lot with this because I tried to wrap my head around the world of influencers and famous people and people like me and you who work nine to fives and go through school and get a good job. The thing is, is that you, I, I don't want to like discourage anyone, but you know, at the end of the day, you do have the possibility of being those people. It, you know, if you work really hard and uh, find yourself connections, but that's not part of my career goal. That's not part of my plan. My plan isn't to become this international sensation. My goal isn't to be a singer recognized by all seven continents. My goal right now is to get a degree from college, which I have already ha- I already have, work in a lab, and send my ass off to PA school. And I know I'm capable of that. It just requires a lot of work. If I wanted to be an international sensation and someone that's very known on the internet, I would have continued with my YouTube career. I would have really worked really, really hard to have my social media platform grow, but that was not something that I prioritized. So obviously the chances of that happening, you know, it isn't very high and that's okay because it wasn't part of what I wanted to do anyways. And sometimes I look at, for example, Madison Beer. She's insanely pretty and her life is absolutely envy worthy, I might say. And 
I don't want to say that I was obsessed with her, but like I was very, very heavily inspired by her on the songs that she has released, her style, the pictures that she takes, her captions. I would sometimes obsess over that. And it's something that's very, I don't want to say triggering, but difficult for me to talk about, especially when I'm still trying to work through my own self-esteem through someone that I lived not vicariously through because that's like the wrong wording for it but someone who I literally wanted to not copy no let's be honest here let's be honest here I wanted to copy her and I also wanted to copy the energy that she gives off which is very like femme fatale but also like femme fatale but make it bunny or like Mort from Madagascar and I would literally look at her Instagram captions and just be like, okay, what does she type like? Okay, like, what are the emojis that she used? Like, down to the, like, to the little, little things. And I, I know, like, I probably sound crazy and, like, she's probably gonna send her, like, bodyguards after me. <laughs> but she was someone who I obsessed over and someone who I wanted to be so fucking bad. I started looking at plastic surgery options just to have her nose, like, oh my god like I was oh my god it, uh, it makes me kind of like I'm really uncomfortable talking about this but as I said this podcast this podcast episode is called growing pain so the earlier I face it and the earlier I voice out the things that I'm uncomfortable over the easier it is to process them because I'm no longer trying to hide it and that's something that I'm currently working on and it clicked one day that I am not her because when she posted a selfie on Instagram it shattered my self-esteem and it, well, I was just like so insecure with myself because I'm just like she just got out of like the shower and she's like got her like cute little headband in or on while she's just like ooh, like here's a photo of me like I'm just putting my makeup on and it completely destroyed my self-esteem because I'm just like my bathroom doesn't look like that so I can't even like copy the post that she's made she has a beautiful nose that I've always wanted to have and she has minimal makeup on. I know we'll never ever get there and I had to unfollow her and I think that was just my snapping point of like, I literally can't do this anymore. And there's nothing wrong with her, it's just something that I had to work on with myself because I had to distance away myself from this obsessive uh, habit of wanting and trying to be her when I could never be her and I had to face that truth of Anne you are Anne she is Madison and you are not better than her and she is not better than you and I what I what was really hard to get through my dense skull was that she's not better than you just like how Kylie Jenner isn't prettier than you and better than you or how Ariana Grande is you know just uh happier than you she is better than you she could literally stomp you with her stiletto boots if she wanted to and that's something that was very difficult for me to swallow and what i had to realize is that i don't live in her world uh financially and physically i am not part of it and that is okay because i am a college i'm a i'm a freshly graduated college student 
So how could I even get to her level? Now, this is no way me, shape or form, me being like, how could I ever get to her level? Look at me. I'm just a dumb little girl working in her stupid lab. Like, no, that's not the case at all. But you have to understand how these LA influencers and famous people like Ariana Grande and all the people that you admire work because when you understand how their day goes it makes it much easier to understand how you don't live in that world you can if you wanted to but right now let's just use me as an example I do not live in that world and that is okay because I am content in my life with the pleasures that I bring within my life in my world not in the world of LA where it is constant pressure of being and in capital letters that bitch now there are influencers influencers out there who go to the gym every single day sometimes even twice a day i know that kylie jenner does that where she goes to the gym twice a day every day now if you asked me if i could go to the gym twice a day i would look at you and just be like oh fuck no I can't go to the gym every single day because guess what? I go to work at 6 p.m. I get home at 2.30 a.m. And then I get ready for bed. And by the time I get into bed, it's already 5 a.m. And I'm exhausted from work, working with reagents all day, looking at a computer screen for like half of my shift. I can't do that because I'm exhausted by the time I get home from work. And that's okay because I don't live in their world. Their entire life revolves around having the habit of going to the gym every single day because they are, for example, known for their body, known for their fitness account on Instagram, known for their sponsorship by, I don't know, like a protein powder company, like whatever it is, that's part of their job. Their job is to go to the gym to maintain what they have and you know, really embody what they're known for. So with Madison Beer, she might go to the gym, chill out in her pool for a while, and then like hit the studio to like work on her new song or uh, go to a photo shoot. My life is not like that. And it's, it's not that it's not like that. It's literally not like that. It's different, not that her life is better. Because for all I know, she might be medicated on like five different types of antidepressants and literally cannot feel an ounce of emotions. So I don't know her life like that. I don't know her and she doesn't know me. And we live, and I say this in capital letters, we live different lifestyles and no one is better than the other. Now I could sit here and say, well, she's better than me because she's prettier than me and guys will literally pay probably like millions of dollars just to like kiss her cheek or like Madison like I will drag my balls through a mile of broken glass just so that you could like fart in my face or like burp in my face or whatever (laughs) or like um there's this like this thing by like a gamer where it's just like if you fuck Madison beer I will suck your dick just to like taste what Madison beer tastes like um which is like kind of gross but like it's just like the obsession with how pretty this girl is how talented she is and she's not better than me because she 
is appreciated for her beauty that she's being told every single day how pretty she is she's not better than me because she has released very successful eps now can i ever get to madison beer's level maybe if i really wanted to work on it and you have to start to embrace the possibility that it could happen to you and what your priorities are right now quite possibly i could get to where she is i could if i really really worked on it and if i really wanted to prioritize it i'd get a voice coach i'd rent out a studio i'd start embracing my creative side and start writing out songs and learning to play instruments and really put in the effort to release a good EP. And who knows, like if I put in a lot of effort to creating an EP and being open to criticism and, you know, really tweaking it on the way through, my EP could have a very positive reception to my audience, just like how Madison Beer's EP got received to the general audience. Am I going to do that? No, because that's not what I'm prioritizing right now. Is she better than me because she has the creative outlet to release very beautiful songs? Absolutely not. Now, let's flip the cards around, okay? Let's, let's flip the side. Am I better than Madison Beer because I have a degree in physiology? No, it's not what she prioritized in. She, it's not what, you know, going... To college and getting a degree in physiology is not something that she prioritized. Can she get to where I am as a graduated student? Yes, if she really wanted uh, to do that. If she really wanted to do that, she could... I don't know if she like graduated high school or not. I'm assuming she does. So she could take the SATs. She could work on her resume. She could, you know, join clubs. And then she could apply for several universities, really prepped on making herself a very attractive candidate. Is she going to do that? I don't know. Like, it doesn't look like that's one of the things that she's going to do within the next, like, year or so. So I'm just going to say no. Maybe that's not something that she's going to be interested in. Am I better than her because I have taken classes such as advanced topics in cellular signaling and mechanistic and and synthetic organic chemistry or physics absolutely not she's just not taking those classes because that's not something she prioritized in can she get to you know get to that level where she can pass those classes yes but it's not something that she is prioritizing right now and i think that's why i have to get through my own self is that it's just a matter of fact of prioritizing and it's just a matter of fact of how you live your life and how you choose to live your life i could sit here and be bitter and sad on how i'll never get to madison beer's level how i'll never get to ariana grande's level or i could simply acknowledge the fact that i do not live in their world their world surrounds over different Uh, responsibilities and different priorities that I simply cannot see myself prioritizing the same way that they do and that is okay and that's what makes our lives different am I better than Madison Beer because I have smaller boobs than her and I can wear crop tops without you know feeling my boobs bounce up and down causing me chest pain no 
the same way where she's not better than me because she can afford $140 Frankie's bikinis and can look good in them. It's just that she can afford them because of what she can do. And that's okay if I can't afford them. I'll find my own way to look good in. I'll find, that did not make sense. I'll find my own outfits that I look good in. We are just not the same. I am not Madison and she is not Anne and that is okay. So another thing that I would like to touch up on is that I have, that was very repetitive. I hope you guys don't mind, but I really like to repeat it to get it through my head just because if I say it once, it doesn't really have the same effect of saying it like, you know, four to five more times. Um, so anyways, as I was saying, I had, I'm starting to watch Bojack Horseman again and there was this scene where Princess Caroline and the rabbit below her in their office space was talking about main character energy. And I know that's like something that's very prominent within like 2021, where it's just like, she gives off main, she gives off main character vibes, or like she knows she's the main character. And Princess Caroline was getting pretty discouraged because she is an agent. And I guess she was like having a lot of trouble with getting new clients and maintaining clients. And the rabbit was just like, do I have to give you the main character, the protagonist speech again? And she was like, yes. So essentially what it is, is that you are in charge of your own story. This movie is about you. What is this movie? It's your life. You are living in it and you are the main character. Anyone else who comes into your life, you get to decide whether they live your story or not. Who cares if they're haters? Who cares if there's people who discourage you? Who cares if there are people trying to bring you down? They're not part, it's not their story. It's not their movie. Have you ever seen an antagonist in a movie be the main character? No. Like, in Mean Girls, it was Katie Heron that was the main character. It was not Regina George. It was not Gretchen Wiener. It was Katie Heron. Although that would have been, like, a really bad analogy because I guess all of them, like, emit main character energy. But, like, besides the point, like, Katie is the main character for this movie. I I really don't see, you know, Regina George or, like, Katie uh, or uh, Gretchen Wiener's like, although they did not like her, they're not the main character. They're not the protagonist. The story isn't about them. You get insight of who they are as people. You get to know them and their habits and how they react to things and how they behave. But that's not their movie. The movie is about Katie Heron, just like how this life is about you. And I think that's something that's very, very powerful Because we tend to forget that we are our own protagonist and that we let other people have way more power than they should have in our lives. For example, I let Madison Beer be the main character of my life. I lived my life really, really wanting to be her for a good chunk of it anyway. And I don't think that was particularly uh, healthy. And I think that's something that's very uh, important to have, that this movie is about you And it's only about other people if you let other people be the protagonist. 
So something that I would like to move on to before we close down this podcast, because we are at 55 minutes, um, is the topic of insecurity projection. And I see a lot of people comment on a lot of pretty girls' TikToks and Instagrams talking about, ugh, you just show your ass, or like, you know, cover up or whatever. And a lot of the times when these quote-unquote haters get exposed, it's usually rooted from a projection of their own insecurity, where it's just like, you have what I've been working towards my entire life and I really don't like the fact that it came so easily to you and I still have to fight for it. And although that does explain their behavior, it certainly is not that nice. And we know this. We know it's not nice to you know project your insecurities onto another person. But... Besides the point, I think it's rather interesting how the mind works in this type of manner where we tend to dislike the people that have what we have. Oh, sorry, that have what we don't have. And I used to be like that too, if I'm being completely honest, where I would look at girls on Tumblr and I'll just be like, what the heck like why are you like posting yourself in like a bikini like we get it you have a nice body Ooh, like fuck like way to rub it into our faces and just being like a a bitter bitch basically or just like ugh, good for you like you got the newest iphone for us like we get it like your dad's fucking rich or you know they'd post uh, i'd see girls on tumblr with you know, their trips to, like, Italy and France and being like, oh, we fucking get it. Like, daddy's money paid for everything. Like, you don't have to, like, rub it into our faces, like, how rich you are. And it was because I didn't get to go to France. I didn't get to go to Spain. And I was jealous of them. It was just some major envy. Um, And it was a good chunk of my life where I was jealous of everyone and everything around me because I wanted to embody that really bad. I wanted to embody the aesthetic of an of an Instagram girl, of a Tumblr girl, but I couldn't because I didn't have the resources to embrace that. Um, I, for the longest time, I wanted to bleach my hair, and as soon as my mom saw the splat hair dye, and she was like, semi-permanent, and she like lost her shit, like I swear to God. Um... I didn't get to have ombre hair and I was so bitter because of it. Um, and then everyone who had ombre hair, I would just be like, you f- we fucking get it. Like your parents are fucking chill. Jesus fucking Christ. Look at her in this stupid pink hair. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just really bitter because I couldn't have it. I didn't have the lifestyle that, um, I wouldn't say lifestyle, but like I didn't have the environment that allowed me to really embody that and then as I grew up I did have the resources to be a quote-unquote Instagram girl but I still I wasn't happy because now I have a really nice phone camera that could take really good pictures but even then it's not good enough for me I still want to get like $70 dresses or 
I don't know, like go to expensive locations just to take photos because I want to still, I still have the obsession of trying to be an Instagram girl or like a quote unquote Tumblr girl. And now I'm even tempted to like take pictures of a quote unquote Tumblr girl because I went back to my old Tumblr. And it's just a very toxic cycle. So anyways, that's, that's my side of like being a bitter bitch. And then I ended up getting an Uno reverse card where other people would, I guess, project their insecurities onto me. And I know this is coming from ins- from insecurity because I-, I don't I don't feel like hating someone, hating on someone because they posted a bikini pic is like rational. Um, I remember I did a Q&A video and one person said, I feel like you're just like compensating for like a lot because like your ass like isn't that big and um, your boobs aren't that big. So I really don't know what you're trying to show off, but you know, like you need to start loving yourself and respecting yourself because boys like that or like I'd have incels in my um, YouTube comments where it's just like, like we fucking get it like you're the shit or like we fucking get it like you can get any guy that you want whatever like you're probably just a slut anyway you're probably just a whore like you'd open your legs up for anyone because all of these story times are about guys that you hooked up with and it's awfully fishy that it's like more than three so i don't know what to tell you bestie like you're a whore or I'd have people in my Instagram comments being like, you want to be white so bad. Like, you are so whitewashed. Like, even my sister tells me, like, you're so whitewashed. <laughs> um, and what else? Um, and I know that it's coming from insecurity because the thing is, is that, like, what I need to understand is that they might not be happy within themselves. They might not be happy with the way that they look and they see someone who is confident to post their body on Instagram or confident to talk about their sex experiences that it's, you know, the same way where I said, look at her and her stupid pink ombre hair after summer of 2012. You know, it's kind of like looking at my Instagram pics where it's kind of like, we get it, like you have a hot body, shut the fuck up. Or like, we get it, you can sleep with any guy shut the fuck up and the way I see it um, to uh, reach an inner peace when it comes to people like that is that you know what like you're absolutely right you're absolutely right I do have small boobs I'm like a double a cup they're they're not big at all like that's the smallest size that they have and my ass it may be the most prominent part of my body proportionally but realistically not I wouldn't say realistically but like um in compared to other people's butt sizes like it's not big it's prominent on me but it's not big because I'm 5'2 and 106 pounds there ain't no way in hell I can achieve like a Nicki Minaj sized ass on my body because I am 5'2 and 106 pounds. There ain't no way in hell I would be able to achieve double D titties because again, I am 5'2 and 106 pounds. And that is like not metabolically uh, compatible with me. So I know it's not big and I know it's not, you know, uh, 
yeah, like I know it's not big and that's okay because I'm still wanting to like show it off on Instagram because I know it looks good. Um, and I would also get like comments and this is another thing that I would like to touch up on is that people would tell me I'm a spoiled brat and I see many, many comments um, on people's Instagrams that you're a spoiled brat, you probably got everything that you wanted, daddy probably paid for that and that's something like that I wanted to touch up on really, really quickly. Um, that people who have very comfortable lifestyles, there is a difference between being a spoiled brat and living a very comfortable life. Now, we can see that with Kylie Jenner, she lives a very, very, very lavish life. And let's just pretend that she doesn't have, um... A TV show about her where we could see her talk and how she reacts to things because honestly I think like 90% of the things that happen on keeping up with the Kardashians is like staged so you know a TV show needs to have its drama anyway so you know some some things are staged some things aren't we don't know what's staged and what's not so let's just pretend that she doesn't have a uh, TV show just for this example now if we see Kylie Jenner's Instagram we are very prone to think that she's spoiled, probably got everything that she wanted, la-da-da-da-da. But we don't know her as a person, just like how we would want to call Kendall Jenner spoiled and bratty and just, you probably got whatever the fuck you wanted as a child. Again, this is, you know, let's just say that they don't have TV shows, Um, but we don't know that we really don't unless we actually talk to them as people because when you're a spoiled brat you are never almost never told no as a child and you grow with this self-entitlement of I'm entitled to have whatever the fuck I want because I'm important I'm just that important and it could even be laced with narcissism where it's like I'm this important, so you have to give it to me. And that is my definition of being a spoiled brat. Being a spoiled brat doesn't mean that you have six Lamborghinis. Being a spoiled brat doesn't mean that you get to live in a very lavish apartment while your parents pay for that. Being a spoiled brat is having everything and anything that you want with self-entitlement. And that is very different from living a very comfortable lifestyle. And I see that in a lot of college students, um, and especially in very uh, prominent sororities. Um, Not that I'm saying that they're spoiled brats or anything, I'm just saying like living comfortably. Like living comfortably, I see that a lot in sorority girls where they would Uh, live in apartments that costs like a thousand dollars a month or even more like maybe like 1500 a month and very very nice apartments um nice for tucson (laughs) and they would get like very expensive clothes and they would be able to afford to get gucci louis vuitton and you know all this stuff that's the definition of like living very comfortably and then on their snapchats you could see that they're lake houses or they're very uh 
I don't want to call it like the Republican furniture, but like you know what I'm talking about, where it's just like white furniture, white rugs, and just very suburban mom. Um, that's just TikTok's lingo, if you will. And I, I, I haven't seen it said in any other way except like a Republican suburban household which is very nice (laughs) which is very nice I don't want to like get roasted but like I I really do like that aesthetic um and you have to be very financially stable to afford the type of lifestyle and that's what I define as living very very comfortably now the attitude that comes with living comfortably can definitely set you apart from living comfortably versus being a spoiled brat and that's what I want to lay the foundation on um, before I start this topic because I know this is going to be me essentially like complaining about like what had happened in the past but this is further illuminates on you never know what someone's life exactly is um, because I've been very open about my financial situation and I shared that my dad has been giving me a monthly allowance on top of paying for my rent and paying for my tuition. And I can definitely say that is a lot of college students' lifestyle. Like That's just how they live because while you're focusing on your courses as a student in university, it's very, very difficult to attain a very high paying job to be able to afford rent, groceries, textbooks, um, all while trying to balance schoolwork at the same time. Because when I was going to school, I was being paid twelve twenty-five for 10 hours uh, following a doctor around. And that was the best that I could do, given my capabilities back then. I was not making like 20 an hour at 20 years old. <laughs> and... But I was grateful for it. It wasn't just like I told my dad to be like, well, why is it only like, you know, $700 a month? Like, granted, it was not. Don't worry about it. He did not give me $700 a month. Um, But I wasn't sitting here and being like, daddy, like, why isn't like, why isn't it like $700 a month? Or daddy, like, I demand to be flown by Cathay Pacific when I go back to Malaysia. You cannot give me United. Like, how dare you give me United? Um... And I would essentially be told that I was a spoiled brat. I probably got everything that I wanted and the self-entitlement was just real. Um, and the thing is, is that like what comes to with that projection is that I also think it comes with a projection of insecurity. Now, I saw a TikTok that was just like, oh, um, it was something along the lines of, you know, uh, parents preparing to have children, and I do know that it's a very sensitive topic for some people, um, but the girl was essentially just like, oh, like, you are shitting on people for being very comfortably taken care of by their parents because the, the parents prepared to have a child, or you're complaining about how people are being fed with a silver spoon, like, okay, plastic fork, okay, Walmart spoon, and, you know, some, some, just something like that. And it, it, I think it's very pertinent to the conversation that we're having today because I see a lot of 
pain behind those comments. I see a lot of insecurity behind those comments where it's just like, well, my dad didn't, you know, pay for my apartment. My dad didn't help me through college. Like, you must be spoiled. You must be uh, really, really spoiled to have that. And your attitude's so bratty every single time you show off on your Instagram story of like your nice little apartment. Like, we fucking get it. Like, daddy paid for all of those. Like, you're so ungrateful. And I, I, at the same time, like, I do want to give them a hug and say, you know, I'm sorry for the pain that you're experiencing right now. Um, and I see that with, like, I see that projection with, like, a lot of people who live very comfortable lifestyles. And the thing that I wanted to say was that, I know, I'm, like, going around in circles because I just don't want to say it, but I'm just going to say it, that it's not their fault that their parents have the income that they have it's not within my control that my father is a petrol engineer it's not within anyone's control that their mother is a very very famous plastic surgeon that only celebrities go to it's not within a son's control that their father is the CEO of Google, for example, that they can afford to live this life. What sets them apart from being a spoiled brat is their appreciation for the privilege that they have. Now, I know some people who went to college as like a joke, um, and I can definitely say this because I met someone who lived exactly that when I met them in my freshman year of college. Um, where it's one thing that you go to college and all you do is just hit up the bars, your grades are flopping, and you don't have an appreciation for higher education, that you're just using your parents' money just to go to Cabo for the weekend and then show up to your final hungover and end up getting a 48% on that and just being like, man, fuck you, like whatever. I don't particularly find that attitude to be very respectful and appreciative of the effort and money that your parents put into your higher education versus someone who takes college seriously and do things within their capability of what they knew when they, you know, what they knew in freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, um, and really try to move up within their career, make something of themselves. And acknowledge that the money that is given to them and the circumstances that are given to them is given out of privilege. It is a privilege to have rich parents, but it's also important to be appreciative of the effort that they put into you for you to be the person that you are today. Because for all you know, my dad was a refugee. He worked really hard for me to have this type of lifestyle so I wouldn't have to experience what he had to experience. And every day I'm appreciative of that. And that is why I ended up really trying to search for a high paying job um, or a higher paying job to be able to pay for rent myself, which is why I wanted to express my gratitude for him in a way where I said, dad, like, I, I don't want you to help me anymore. I, I can pay for my own rent. I'm paying for my own car insurance. I'm paying for my own phone bills. I'm paying for my own electricity bill. And I can a hundred percent be, and I can be a hundred percent independent from your, from your help now. And I appreciate for what you've done to me. 
So that was essentially the podcast episode. I don't even think it's on like social media, but I also like social media is like very important, but um it's basically on like how you perceive people and how you choose to perceive people because I think the biggest flaw in our society right now is just judgment on a surface level. And granted, we have gotten better over the past couple of months on really doing our research in people and finding out the actual bad ones versus ones that are not, I guess. Um, but I think it's very important to know people first before actually making a judgment. And if you don't want to know a person, that's okay. You don't have to talk to them. That's the beauty of it. You just, you don't have to know people. You don't have to talk to people if you don't want to. (laughs) So I think that concludes our podcast episode. And I really hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys are doing well. And I will see you on my next podcast episode. Okay, bye.